I think if nothing else, the last two years have taught us that life is short, yeah. right? So you have to get unstuck if you're feeling stuck. Mm. You have to get a little comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. So if that means you want friends and you have to pick up the phone and that sounds terrifying, you got to do it. Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. Our guest today, Cindy Drummond, found herself in a very unique situation. She woke up one day to find her then-significant other was being arrested for some pretty serious crimes. In the blink of an eye, Cindy's world had been turned upside down. Naturally, she fled the situation with her two daughters in tow and was forced to start over again from the basement of her parents' house. She lost trust in others and faith in herself. But these moments are what define our character. Perhaps some of you in our audience similarly have found yourself feeling a bit lost amidst significant life shifts and wonder what to do next. Well, Cindy quickly learned that action creates momentum and that self-imposed goals can be a catalyst to that action. In a short period of time, Cindy founded the Women Only Network and found a new tribe. She also boldly went on 50 dates in 52 weeks and, well, You'll have to listen to the podcast to find out how that experiment ended. You can also read about it in our book, Reflections from the Dating Pool, a story about resilience, the importance of finding your tribe, and the power of falling in love with yourself. You know, Cindy could have easily played the victim in this situation, but instead she chose to uncover her own personal interests and desires through journaling and meditation, and then pursue these daily, fueled by courage and determination to face and triumph over the things that made her most uncomfortable. To many, this path probably sounds difficult, but the reward is a renewed trust and love for herself. And by having the strength to face her own fears and discomfort, she literally saved her own life. Without further ado, let's welcome our guest today, Cindy Drummond. Dear Midlife listeners, today we welcome to our podcast, Cindy Drummond, and she is the curator of Women Only Weekend and the author of Reflections from the dating pool, which is a story about resilience and finding your tribe and the power of falling in love with yourself. And I love that idea of finding your tribe and really falling in love with yourself. So tell us, Cindy, what it was that brought you to that space and, and this idea of 
where you saw this need that women are seemingly lost and or not in love with ourselves and, and caused you to want to help guide women to finding their own center and self-love. Thanks, Shelby. And, and thank you, Trinity, for having me on today. I have to be honest, like I it wasn't like I had this vision. So how this all began was um, unfortunately, I woke up one morning and watched the person that I thought I was in love with for several years be hauled away in handcuffs by the police. Oh, oh my oh goodness. No. What happened? That's dramatic. Yeah, it's dramatic. Um, he basically, and I won't go into his details too much only because his story, um, but my piece in that was based, I, I watched this happen. I'd been sharing a house with him and my two daughters, not his daughters, for several years. And so in that moment, I had to make a decision and I fled. I grabbed my kids. I luckily was able to take refuge in my parents' basement mm. um, in my mid-40s. And I was a mess, I mean, as you can imagine, like if yeah. that just sinks in a little bit. So everything I thought I knew about this person was a lie. Our whole relationship was based on a lie. And as I sat there in my parents' basement, I knew people were worried about me. I knew my mom was worried about me. I knew my friends were worried about me. And I started getting really angry. Angry because <laughs> I did not want to be seen as a victim. This was not the legacy that I was going to leave with my children. And so the tribe piece comes first. So I don't know where this crazy idea came from, but within that first week, I thought, okay, I need to surround myself with positive women. So I'm going to create an event. I knew nothing about <laughs> hosting an event, uh, <laughs> nothing. Um, but I reached out and I mean, this is before Eventbrite really was off the ground and all those sort of things. But I, re I reached out and I booked a spot for 65 women to go into the heart of Rocky mountains in the Rocky mountains and have this retreat. And um, I don't know how, but 14 weeks later, I managed to pull this off and I had these 65 women and I didn't even have an agenda. Like I, I these women showed up. Basically. You don't even live in near the Rocky mountains. Do you? I do. They're about an hour and a half from me. So okay. I, I do. Oh, these are the Canadian yes. Rockies. Yes. Okay. Yes. My, my side of the Got border. You. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was during this event that these two women that I didn't know came up to me and um, we were just about to go into the karaoke portion of portion of the event. <laughs> so, and I'm looking around at these women and these two women come up to me and they said, Cindy, like this event is life changing. Mm -hmm. And it was at that moment. And I kind of remember, like, it also sounds dramatic, but I kind of remember just putting my hands on my chest and saying like this, I think this event saved my life. Wow. It gave me purpose. And I'm looking at all these beautiful women and there was tears at the event. There was crying. At, um, there was laughter. But I was like, this is what was missing in my life was a tribe. Yeah. Yeah. So I came home from that event. But of course, then you've got those post-event blues because now I'm lonely again. My kids are off doing their thing. They've got dance lessons every night or they're with their dad every second week. And I'm just by myself. Yeah. Right? Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do you go from there? Well, I was so terrified about the idea of dating, but I was more terrified about spending the rest of my life alone. And, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Some people are completely fine not being in a relationship, but I just was felt like, am I really, am I never going to trust again? Is this, you know, is this, is this it? Is this like, I'm just going to be living in my parents' basement for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. And um, that I guess gave me a little bit of a push. And so I, started telling friends and family, you know, maybe I want to start dating. I reached out to a national matchmaking service and spent a lot of money thinking that that would be a great idea is to have somebody else find someone for me because obviously I couldn't trust myself. I had made such a bad decision. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And then I just thought, you know what, screw it. I am going to impose a a challenge for myself and I'm going to go on 52 dates, 50 dates over the course of the next 52 weeks. Oh, wow. This sounds Mm -hmm. like a movie. I was going to say, I think they did make a movie. (laughs) Yeah. So what was your experience, Cindy? How did that go for you? How did you find Um, the dates? I have so many questions. I'm sorry. I'm pummeling (laughs) you with questions. (laughs) What is your name? Where are you from? Why is your hair that color? (laughs) All of that. So let me paint the scene because I'm getting ready to go on this first date. And again, like I am freaking terrified, right? So I, I tell my mom, who's also like, not sure this is a good idea. And I remember I'm going to go meet this guy at a coffee shop and I'm driving and there's tears streaming down my face. I am Mm. so scared. I parked, I pulled myself together and I went into the coffee shop and I got there before he did. And I remember him walking up. Now he wasn't crying, but he looked as nervous (laughs) as I did. And you know what? I mean, it was fine. We had a pleasant coffee date. And I thought to myself, like, it's okay. I, I, I can do this. And so I just kept doing it. I just kept, you know, looking for opportunities to meet with, meet with different people. Did you meet all these people online? The majority? Yes. Yeah. Um, a few I met through speed dating events and things like that, but the majority, cause that's where the people seem to be. Yeah. Right. Is online. It's weird when you go in the grocery store and hold up signs and, you know, so yes, I get that. Stop random strangers. Exactly. Hey, you're kind of cute. But Um, maybe, maybe we could do that at Costco. I don't know. I'm down. I am down for the experiment. You're both reaching for the same sample of sausage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And your hands lightly brush and you're saying, oh, excuse me. (laughs) <laughs> Can we share our sausages together? Exactly. All going down the wrong path. And, and Shelby, um, isn't that the Cinderella story, right? Like we're all just wanting somebody to, you know, sweep us off our feet in the, in reaching for the sausage or whatever. Yeah. But the truth is it takes a lot of work to find somebody. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So tell us after you went on, and I don't know if you're still in the throes of the 50 dates or if you're, if that's, come and gone. You've done all 50, but what were your lessons learned? How did you grow from that experience? 
the entire journey was a journey of growth. The journey is now finished. It's in the rearview mirror. And there was some definitely some, so I would come home and I would journal, right? And I would, and I was, and I, again, like, I didn't know I was doing this as I was doing it. It just came kind of organically, but I would go home and, um, you know, there was one person who stood me up and I still counted mm-hmm. him as a date, mm-hmm. but I was just like words of wisdom to myself, never stand somebody up because it mm-hmm. felt so shitty. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, don't do that. Don't trifle with people's feelings. Put as much effort into this experience as somebody else is putting into this experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such good words of wisdom. So somebody stood you up. So that was obviously not a pleasant experience. Share with us what was maybe the best experience for you along the way. Well, the best experience was the last date, but that's kind of a spoiler alert. I'll I'll tell you that some of the best experiences were when, you know, somebody would realize that, you know what, I like to golf. So they, instead of saying, Hey, do you want to go for a coffee? They'd say, are you comfortable booking a tea time? Should we, can we go golf nine holes together where they actually took an effort and knew that it would be an experience that, you know, even if we didn't click, we could be both doing something that we enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So the last one sounds like it was a special one. Yeah. As her voice changes. (laughs) Yeah. Are you ready to talk about that? Absolutely. So can I go back a tiny bit? Please do. Um, So I was lucky enough to be with a friend in Maui on the anniversary of my first date. And so, you know, she remembered a year ago when I was crying and she said, okay, so it's the anniversary, you're in Maui, you know, what's going to happen when you fly home tomorrow? And I said, she goes, you need to make a list. Now that you've gone on all these dates, you need to make, and we've, and we've heard this before, but I really made this thoughtful list of who I was looking for. And it wasn't like how tall they needed to be, but it was, you know, someone who was kind, somebody who had a good relationship with their parents, somebody who had a good relationship with their children, if they had children and and those sort of things. And then I just kind of said this little prayer to Venus or the universe or somebody. And I said, I've done the work. Like, I think it's, I think I've done the work. I think I'm ready for somebody. And the work was on me. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, I came home and the next date was the last date. Oh, your last first date, my last first date. And I, we went for coffee. He, he, he's an engineer. So it wasn't like he was super creative, but we're on this date. And he said, you know, how many dates have you been on? And I said, "Mm, 54. And he said, well, I could be the last. You had your, you had your sausage moment at Costco. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. What was it that so quickly during the first date at coffee, what was it that made you know, or at least made him know at that point? Was there a click? Tell us about it. (laughs) So it was boxing day. And in in Canada, boxing day, there's, it's, it's kind of like, everything is closed. And so we made a plan to go to this coffee shop and I arrived early and the coffee shop was closed and I was panicking and I was embarrassed and I was trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen when he gets here and sees it's closed. And, and I, so I remember sort of, I could see his reflection coming through the, 
doors. And so I turned around so it wouldn't look like I was just standing there waiting for you. <laughs> so I turned around and then and again, like I said, I make it sound like I'm way more savvy than I am, but I just kind of remember turning back towards him with this big smile on my face. And I don't know, it was that our souls recognized each other if you believe yeah. in that or something. And I don't know. I just was like, I just knew I was like, okay, like I, I think this is him. And um, so then I'm bumbling around trying to drag us into a convenience store for coffee. Let's get and some seven 11 coffee now. <laughs> honestly. And he, he puts his hands on my shoulders and he says, Cindy, I'm not drinking this. He's like, if you trust me, can we just get into my car and find a Starbucks? And I was like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for wanting to take care of me and make a decision. And I don't know. It just, from there, that was, that was it. That's remarkable. You know, and I believe that to attract that, there is work that needs to be done, right? And you had obviously done the work and told Venus, Mars, and everyone else, I've done the work, let's go. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the work that can bring you into the space where you can find real love, true love, that last first date. What was that work? Where did it start for you? I think the journaling was a big piece because I feel like even though I was journaling about the men that I was meeting, I was also journaling how it was making me feel and the feel. And so the, the emotions that I was have as I was going through, I guess, a healing crisis. Right. Um, so the journaling, I think, was a big piece. I think the accountability to see this through and complete a challenge was very rewarding. And again, nothing was it wasn't like I knew I was going to do all of this. But the other interesting thing, and I feel like it must have something to do with this story, is the last, so this, so it started in January. In December, I came up with this idea to write gratitude letters to somebody in my life one day, every day of the month. And so I was in this wonderful place of feeling grateful and expressing gratitude to you know, the people in my tribe that had been along this journey. And so I just think that my vibration, again, if that's something that feels like it resonates with you, I just feel like I was in this really vibe and high place when mm. I met him. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that, that vibe makes it easier to attract to you what is right for you because mm-hmm. you're living in that high vibrational space. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you also had done a lot of work along the way, not just in going on the dates themselves, but through the journaling process to really reconnect with perhaps who you were and what was important to you. And it sounds like being connected to your tribe and reflecting gratitude that those things were innately, innately important to you. And by just reconnecting with that, then you, you shift the way not only that you perceive yourself, but that the way and maybe others perceive you too. Right. Self-love is so attractive. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's a struggle. And I think it particularly for, for women in midlife, self-love is a struggle, especially for those of us that haven't practiced it faithfully along the way. Right. 
so let's talk about self-love. Like, you know, we, we think, oh, I go and get my nails done or I go to the spa that, and, and that's self-love. And I, I'm of the belief that that is not self-love. Like that shit feels great. Yeah. Um, we love it, but I feel like self-love is something that's deeper on the inside and really caring for our emotional well-being and our mental health and discovering or rediscovering who we are and what's important. I'd love to hear your definitions of self-love and let's talk about some of your journey in, in this area and what it took for you to start to rebuild, regain, um, reclaim self-love. Oh, that's such a all encompassing question, isn't it? And, And let me also tell you, I just, before this podcast, I was just trying to find clothing today out in the stores. And yeah. that's an experience that doesn't always lead to self-love. When it surely you, is. When you've been sitting on the couch for two years. <laughs> Anyways, so for me, I mean, again, it's, it's who you spend your time with. That's the first thing. If you're spending time with people who lift you up, that is going to help you feel more empowered and and more in love with yourself. If you're spending time with people that suck energy from you and make you feel terrible when you're around them, that is not going to create a space for self-love. And there's, there's different things. You're right. I don't think a manicure is going to make you fall in love with yourself more. Self-care is great, but I think it's that really knowing who you are and what what joy is to you. And, and some of that work, I was just talking about this with a friend earlier this morning. And she said, you know, sometimes you have to go through some pretty yucky stuff to figure out what brings you joy. So I don't know what, I can't say what the magic pill is for finding self-love, but I think the journaling piece helps. I think listening to your gut, which we are so, we've been so We've forgotten how important it is to listen to our own instinct and trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. We listen to everybody else. But I think if you can tune into that, I think meditation, I think all these little tools are out there from us to pick and choose from and what feels good for you. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said first, which was just connecting with people who lift you up and who support you is one of the keys, I think, and perhaps I'm speaking from my extroverted heart where connection and, and external relationships are really important to me. But what I also find is that it's hard to do that in midlife. And you decided to have this event with 65 women to build a tribe, but I don't venture to guess that most women would actually go down that path to building their tribe. And I had a, a woman that's actually a teacher at my daughter's school that reached out because she's heard the podcast. And she said, one of the things I struggle with most in midlife is how do I build that tribe? Because as women, we have a lot of connection in different personas that we carry throughout our lives. As a career person, we have our professional connections. As a PTO mom, we've got the PTO. You know, As a parent, we have our children's friends, parents. But in the end of the day, are those really people who are, I want to be part of my tribe. And sometimes I think we find ourselves in midlife as our kids go away to school, or maybe we find ourselves without a significant other in our lives, feeling a little bit isolated and lonely and not really knowing where to start in building this tribe. How do you do that? That is one of the most important questions. I have a daughter in her mid twenties, who's 
very successful realtor at a young age, but same thing. She works with not a lot of women. She does not have children yet. So she doesn't have those mom friends. And she said like, mom, like I want deep connections. I want relationships with women. And I, I want to be able to give her that advice. And truly, I don't know. I, I think what you're doing, I think having, having podcasts and opportunities for people to come together. Um, but it's been hard over the last two years because we've been, which is great that we've been on Zoom because that's why we're allowed to connect today and be able to have yeah. this podcast. But we've all been stuck in our houses for far too long. And so I think people are also a little intimidated about going out, but maybe, maybe you just go on 50 first dates with girlfriends as well. Yeah. Oh, no, that's and, a fun one. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I love that idea. You know, I, I actually, I'm a big connoisseur of podcasts and I think I heard on one podcast where a woman was recommending having say like a dinner party and I'm going to invite three women that I know that I'm close friends with, but they each have to invite somebody to the dinner party too. And then you get to know not just the three women that you know, but three other women that you don't know. And now you gradually build that tribe of friends. I think there's lots of different ways to do it, but I was just curious how you did it. But I think that's the struggle is that we all have a hard time trying to not only reconnect with ourselves, but connect with other people too. And that makes it a big challenge. But I like the idea too of the challenges that you've posed to yourself. And I think that's a unique approach as well, because I find that it's often just putting that first foot forward that I think is the hardest part. But if you just set small goals for yourself, then it almost is a catalyst for action. And that's what the 51st state sounds like for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think it is that, I mean, if I think self-imposed challenges are great because then you have a little bit of an accountability piece, right? I mean, you can make it informal, you can make a little contract with yourself, but you can just be like, I'm going to reach out to one person that I don't know very well and just say, Hey, let's go out for a coffee. Or do you want to go for a walk? Or I think, and you know what, even if you're Facebook friends and you haven't seen people since high school, reach out to one Facebook friend that you see what they're doing. You like what they're doing in their life. Reach out and say, Hey, can we connect in person? Yeah, that's a great idea. So drawing back to the beginning of your story, it was clear that you lost a lot of trust in that relationship. And it sounds like going on 50 dates helped you to sort of regain your sense of self. But what was it that helped you to overcome that hurdle of being able to trust someone new again? Because I think that's something that I struggle with a lot as well. Oh, good question. I think that I now trust myself. I told you in the beginning that I was blindsided mm-hmm. and I, and I was, I was not expecting him to get arrested, but I would be completely lying to both of you. If I told you there were no red flags. Mm. Were they popping up in the moment or it, now when you look back, are you seeing them? Both. I made excuses. I, um, Again, like I'm not going to downplay what he did because what he got arrested for is pretty horrible. I certainly didn't see that coming, but I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't a matter of 
having to regain your trust in mankind, but regaining your trust in yourself that when you see these red flags or knowing that, you know, I'm going to know, I trust my instincts and my gut. And when the bells and the whistles start going off, you learn to trust them through that process because you knew. Exactly. And so that's what made you ready versus waiting for someone else to be ready. Right. Yes. Because I feel like I can trust myself and I won't overlook the red flags if it ever, if I was ever in that situation again, I think that's the most important thing. I don't really have, I mean, yes, I do trust my husband. I do trust my friends, but I don't have to worry so much about their actions. What I have to worry about is trusting myself. Yeah. And that's the one and only thing you can control. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So journaling, key to self-love, making sure you're listening to your gut and that gut, heart, mind connection, a key to self-love, a key to trust. What other keys or nuggets do you think it's important for people to clue in on as, as we're going through this process of dating and learning to love ourselves and learning to find our joy again? I think if nothing else, the last two years have taught us that life is short, Yeah. right? So you have to get unstuck if you're feeling stuck. Mm. You have to get a little comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. So if that means you want friends and you have to pick up the phone and that sounds terrifying, you got to do it. You just have to do it. Otherwise, you will spend the next two years trapped in your house. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I work from home and (laughs) when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh yeah, well, this is, you know, this is what I do. This is what I do anyways. I've been training my whole life for this. I'm just at home. But it really was a pretty sad testament to the fact that I wasn't doing anything anyway. And I already had an ongoing relationship with Uber Eats and Amazon. So I wasn't shopping. I wasn't going out to eat any of those things. Everything was internal and inside of my house. And so it's been like this last year that I've actually ventured out more than I did even before the pandemic. Because it, it was an awakening for me. Like, girl, we are in a pandemic and your entire life is still the same as it was before this damn <laughs> pandemic. Get off the couch and go do something with yourself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, I think it's important. I think it's important for us to notice these things about ourselves and our patterns and our habits and make those sh- shifts when that lightning strikes. When the aha moment hits, for me, that's when I have to shift. That's when I have to, if I don't do something with it in that moment, then I will always go right back to my old patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's probably like you in the basement. Like I need friends. I'm going to make a retreat for 65 women. Okay, go. How did you even start that? Like where did where did did you market this? Like who were these 65 women? Did you know them? Tell us this process. I don't even, honestly, I don't even know. I, I started a Facebook page. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a marketing budget. I think when you're, I think when the universe wants you to do something, they just make it kind of easy. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. So y- you should come to WOW. Both of you should come to WOW. Well, so tell us about what would love WOW to. Tell is. Us about it. Yes. So imagine, so we are in the Rocky Mountains, but we're on this side of the border. Um, we're in a little town called Camor, which is a beautiful little town. And now there's usually about 120 women that come to this event. And we we meet on the Friday night and there's always a little bit of a local market with um, some wine if you're into that sort of thing. And then Saturday is a number of sessions that you can choose from. There's about 25 different speakers. Somebody might be talking about acupuncture. Well, somebody else is running a Zumba class. (laughs) Somebody else might take you out to the mountains. Somebody else might be talking about how to go through a divorce. Who knows? Could be anything. And then at the end of the day on Saturday, we have dinner together. There's usually a theme. And then we karaoke our hearts out. Which is my favorite part, I have to say. I am a karaoke connoisseur. (laughs) So imagine this is that's my favorite part as well, because imagine looking out onto the dance floor and there's women in their 20s and there's women in their 60s. And there's just this love fest going on between all it's it's just magic. Sounds so powerful. So WOW stands for Women Only Weekend. Is that correct? And how long have you been doing this? This will be my 10th annual year. We did have to take a gap year last year, but it's the 10th annual. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you do it once a year. Is that correct? Yeah. In October. Wow. I just think that that's so powerful. And the reason that I just love that story is because I think as women, we struggle generally speaking, with lifting one another up. It's easier as women to, to judge our peers. It's, it's easier to compare ourselves to others. And so this idea of embracing and empowering women and building a tribe together is so fascinating to me. And I think it's so needed in society. So I just love that you're doing that. And then you also are author of a book called Reflections on the Dating Pool. Tell us a little bit about that. So that book is basically the long version of what what we've talked about today. It it talks about every single date. It shares my words of wisdom. But it's, I mean, the best compliment that I've received is from people that have read it that said they feel like after they've read it, they feel like we have just gone out for dinner across the table and I've shared my story. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, you know, my daughters are, you know, woven into it. I took them to Bali that year for, again, a bit of a healing journey. And it was, you know, so the friendships and as the friendships were evolving and some friendships were breaking away as well. So it's just kind of this little year in my life where it's my healing crisis in 300 pages. Wow. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And what was, I think, your most interesting reflection or the biggest aha moment that you had in that journey, do you think? The biggest aha moment. So the girlfriend that invited me to Maui, she had said to me somewhere at the midpoint, like she was just thought I was crazy for going on these dates. And she's like, you know, like, what's going on in your mind about all this? And I just said, you know, I think the men are quite insignificant in this whole journey. I am dating myself. 
and I'm figuring out who I am, how I want to show up and how I want to be in the world. So through that, what would you say was the pivotal moment when you knew I'm going to be okay? I think there was glimpses when I stopped crying, going on dates was, you know, yeah, step, right. one. <laughs> step one, <laughs> step one. I'm no longer bawling. That's good. Um, I think again, and I'm going to just use her as an example because she was checking in with me all the time, which yeah. was so amazing without, without judgment. And just, and, and I remember saying, she's like, well, what happens when you get to the end? Mm. And I said, I keep going. I'll date a hundred more men if I have to, because mm. Right. I think that's the path I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand men are bust. Been through the 15. Been through a hundred. Yeah, I'm going for a thousand these days, is what I feel like. <laughs> but what does that look like and what does it mean to you to date yourself? It was the reflection piece. You know, what again when I would come home back onto the couch and I'd be pulling out the journal, and it was like how did I feel about that date? How did I feel about how I behaved on that date? Could I have been more present? Could I have been more interested? You know, was I constantly just talking about my myself? So, and again, I don't have it all figured out. I'm sure there's days I'm a really shitty date, but <laughs> for the most, <laughs> right? Right, but but I really liked how I felt when I came home And I thought that I had maybe not made a romantic connection, but I felt like I had a genuine conversation and I felt like I was, you know, interested in what this person had to say. And I felt like I made them feel valuable and heard and seen and all those things. And it was a really good just reminder. I mean, I I guess I should every single day try to live like that, but it's hard because life gets messy and the kids are jerks and all those things get into your life. Right. But it was just this really focused present moment of really paying attention to how I was showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So where can people find your book if they're interested in reading it or connect with you? You can always find my book on all of the like Amazon sites and and everything like that. Um, I have a website, cindydrummond.ca. I would love to hear from anybody. I would love to hear dating experiences. If somebody's just like, I just want to talk to somebody, reach out to me. If they want to come to WOW in October, I would love to have them join us there. Yeah. How do they join um, WOW? How do they sign up? Uh, There's a link on my website. And so they can just register there. And I promise it'll be a good time in Canmore. Sounds Sounds awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. And are there a limited number of seats or are you just continually expanding? I've had as many as 175 women. That's wow. not the goal this year. If I have a hundred women, I'm at 75% sold out. A hundred women would be the perfect number to still feel mm-hmm. intimate and just a great connection with, an, with people. Yeah. And do you have an agenda for what sessions are going to be available online as well? I do. I now have an agenda. It took me 10 years to get an agenda. No, I have an agenda. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're all still a work in progress, girl. I mean, my gosh. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my goodness. Cindy, thank you so much for being here with us today. I just love 
I just love your willingness to just, I think, jump out into the universe and not only put faith in the universe, but really regain faith in yourself. I think that's a critical piece that us women always struggle with. And I just love the way that you did it, which is if I put my mind to it, it will be, I can make this happen. And being in tune with what was important to you, I feel like I need a tribe and just going out there and making that happen. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the setting goals piece is interesting too, because when I, I got divorced six years ago, that was one of the things that worked well for me too, is that I was journaling and I was going through sort of this systematic type of approach. I had core things that were important to me like my health and my finances and, you know, my relationships. And so I was setting small goals in each of those areas and just on a weekly basis, chugging along, you know, Mm. one foot in front of the other. And maybe that's what it takes. And so I think you've proven that to us here today. So thank you. Thank you. I want to go for coffee. I don't want to end this conversation. I know, I know. Or the wine in the karaoke is really where my heart is at right now. (laughs) thank you so much for joining us and maybe we'll see you at wow wouldn't that be fun yes yes what a great say yes moment that would be for (laughs) sure thank you so much cindy we just love kind of your just words of wisdom and all the goodness that you've shared with us today thank you thank you all right bye Thank you so much to our guest today, Cindy Drummond, curator of Women Only Weekend and author of Reflections from the Dating Pool. Today, Cindy teaches us to, number one, find your tribe and spend time with people who lift you up and empower you. Two, do what terrifies you. Three, put as much into the experience as somebody else is putting into the experience when building relationships with others. Four, Practice gratitude, listen to your own instincts, and learn to trust yourself. Five, sometimes you have to go through the yucky stuff in order to find what brings you joy. And six, use self-imposed challenges as a catalyst for action.